This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. coffee no problem but something about infusing it with nitrogen i'm really here for this i'm gonna get one of those canisters where you spray whipped cream to infuse my home coffee with nitrogen that's what i'm gonna do this is the only show that i like oh, i never thought oh everybody hello hello caitlin <laughs> by the way um this is what i have to deal with on a not a daily basis because that's claire has to deal with that that's too much but um I am, welcome Caitlin to my apartment again and uh, another episode of the Renee Stubbs Tennis Podcast. How do you feel about that, not being a part of it, the name, you know, considering you're on here half the time pretty much? I feel, I feel fine and I'll tell you why, because in my Emperor Justinian-esque quest for power, I see this as one of the crown jewels of an entire network a cabal a collection um and just because not many of those other jewels exist yet doesn't mean that it's not part of a larger seismic shift i see what i'm interested in renee is not audience facing shine i'm interested in power i want to hold the levers and i want to pull them okay so i don't feel bad i feel great and i'm happy to be here in your apartment, having spent a couple days with your Australian friends who clearly have brought you a ton of Australian snacks. Yeah, uh, you, yeah you walked into my kitchen and uh, wanted, demanded milk for your nitrogen coffee or whatever the hell that is. And uh, then you noticed that there was about five, four packets of Tim, Pan, Tim Tams, which my friends, my longest best friends from Australia are over here. Two of which I have known since I was five years of age. So we went to preschool together. And another one um, since uh, high school, so since, what, 12, 11. And uh, the other two, one worked with my best friend, uh, and I've known her for a long time, and one is married to, uh, she is married to a guy called Rob, and Rob uh, is who we went to high school with. So Heather, Heidi, Helen, Tracy, and Rosemary 
uh, are all over here and we've had a blast. We had such a good day yesterday. And we went over to Governor's Island, which was amazing yesterday, Caitlin. And if those who are in the tri-state area want to go to the best spa for like literally a hundred bucks, I sort of don't want to tell people because it's going to get inundated and I won't be able to get the slots that I want. Well, you know, you know some people. I do know some people, but I don't know if that's going to make any difference. But it could because I know <laughs> the president of Governor's Island who happens to be your wife. That's true. But um, the, the spa, QC spa, was it was so good. It was so worth it. It's literally, I told you, oh my God, this is the best $100 you can spend in New York. And it's it, like three or four hours. You can just go in and use all the pools and the scrub bars and the, the, the meditation. It was unreal. I, I, honestly, I feel, I feel like I should take everything back that I just said because I swear <laughs> every person. I still that, haven't been to it. Oh, my uh, God. Well, that's a bit weird. It is a bit weird. Uh, Claire told Although me your wife did say that she must take you there. She just hasn't had time, which I, I get it firmly disagree with because I think there was there's always time well but Claire talk to the CEO Claire about that let's go anyway okay so it's been a great week so far and that's sporting far. events Broadway we went shows, to the Islanders uh, hockey game last yeah, you're night living it up. thank you John Ledecky who owns the Islanders he showed my friends a very good time we we're in the suite we were down in the front row it was like awesome the I Islanders saw that they won. did a montage of America's coach you and Serena you coaching Pliskova yeah we some was... photos of you and Bouchard I was really, they gave you the I the hero's that. welcome that you America's coach deserve I had no idea he was going to do that that was very embarrassing but um listen John, i feel like you should make that in your rider whenever you show up anywhere just play the you have to have the, the montage i will say to him where did you get that that that, <laughs> that that photo shoot and where did you get that video i was like oh my god did you pull that from youtube anyway he's like i know a few people so anyway john ledecky thank you so much and if you know the ledecky name of course he is the uncle of katie ledecky i was gonna ask the, the great swimmer great swimmer the yeah. multi greatest middle, swimmer of all time really uh, female yeah um so, uh, yeah, anyway, it was a great night, and the girls had an awesome night. He shuttled us out there in a beautiful, nice SUV, and it was just, I felt like a pretty woman moment, so it was really nice. <laughs> well, fall isn't all terrible, I suppose. No, fall is awesome, because uh, I love ice hockey, so that was, it was a lot of fun. And, they, and the Islanders won 5-2, so well, I, I will be invited back now. Sure, you're the good luck charm. Uh, get us to a Yankees game. That's what I'm interested okay, in. Okay, well, yay for the Yankees, because they won last night. I know. My uh, executive producer at ESPN... Uh, Bobby, he will be very excited that they won because I thought they got completely just... They were so unlucky in that third game yeah. to go down 2-1. I mean, they were ahead. They, they were one out away from winning and there was just two bloopers that landed in the middle of fucking... It must be so frustrating to be a baseball player and have that shit happen to you as a, as a pitcher when the ball just goes in the air and it's like the easiest catch and it's... it's Oh, nobody's standing in that area. Yeah. Oh, I was like, oh my god. Yeah, it's truly like the let cords of yeah. baseball. Although, like, although has... they did let, let the runners on because of an error from the, you know, out in the outfield, um, in the left field that was not good. And the guy was a rookie, and they said he wasn't anyway. Anyway, but but to to, to finish it off, New York uh, is in good shape as far as the yeah. sports concerned. Sadly, the Mets lost, so you know, the McEnroe brothers not too happy. About I mean, it. I think anybody who's a Mets fan would be more surprised if they didn't lose in the postseason in some tragic last-minute fashion. So, if anything, it's a New York tradition. This is true. This is true. The Yankees know how to figure out a way to win, and the Mets know how to figure out a way to lose. Anyway, right. sorry, Mets fans. Happy for the Yankees. Sad for the Dodgers. Um, my buddies are, um, have a big say in the L.A. Dodgers, so uh, sorry that they didn't get Including through. Billie Jean King. But, including Billie Jean King. And, um, but, you know what? In the end, I've got, it's nice to see another team like San Diego, who haven't been in the postseason for so long, and 
It'll be a bit of a fairy tale story if they win. Yeah. And they deserve to win because those fucking uniforms that they have to wear are horrendous. Oh, it's I like kind they're of like wearing them. poo. I like them. I like them. Really? I like the throwback uniforms. Oh, the San Diego Padres are currently wearing like sort of a brown and gold. A poo. It's not great. I mean, they weren't Looks, like the... They look like they're wearing UPS. I like UPS shorts. Okay, anyway. All right, well, let's get on to tennis. Okay, so, shall we? despite the fact that most of the sporting world has shifted its focus to baseball and now the winter sports are about to begin, such as basketball, tennis is still being played in a few very illustrious places. We have, obviously, the tournament going on in Guadalajara. Um, the San Diego tournament just wrapped up. That was the first time it had returned to that city in quite a long time. We talked about it a little bit last week. We're going to talk about it again a little bit this week. Uh, the men are mostly in Europe. There was a bit of a controversy because Napoli, the uh, tournament that is normally a 250 clay court, is now for one season only, maybe more going forward, although based on what's happened so far, maybe not. The Asia swing getting decimated meant that a few tournaments in Europe had to scramble to put on events. Naples is now hosting a 500-level event on hard courts, but the hard courts haven't been ready. They had to resurface them. <laughs> the hard them. courts haven't been hard. <laughs> they haven't been hard <laughs> enough. They were wet from the ocean. They didn't get resurfaced well enough. Uh-huh. They had to play on alternate sites in the uh, in the city, city while they prepared the tournaments. Somebody got burgled, maybe, at the hotel. I mean, it's just so Italy. Though. It's a little Isn't southern it? Italy. It's so wanna, southern Italy. I don't want to stereotype, but it does feel... No, because we... No, who doesn't love Southern Italy? I mean, that's where you go for all day, not necessarily to play tennis. Although I will say I did go there as a kid, but I did play on clay. Yes. Well, it's interesting so. because the club where they're playing is mostly clay, and then you have, like, these hard courts sort of uh, incongruously together. thrown together. Uh, listen, I'm all for beautiful places to visit, which with have which have a ton of, you know, history and culture getting tennis events, because in my view, tennis should be a place that is bringing together culture, tourism, history, and all these things. Maybe just a little bit more planning would have helped in this case. Uh, it's sort of been a, a little bit of a debacle. Um, one place that is not happening, Guadalajara, they put on a killer event. They put on a killer event. I was down there last great. year for the WTA finals with Sam Stosa, and um, it was the first time, I know, going to Mexico, and I thought to myself, oh my God, I'm going... I'm coming back here like all the time. I may even move here. You should move to Mexico. The Mexican people could not be nicer. The fans love tennis. Yeah. They are so enthusiastic, particularly for any Spanish-speaking player. They go bonkers for If you're Spanish and you go down there, oh, my God, you're like God's gift. I mean, one of the reasons I think why Muguruza won the tournament in Guadalajara hasn't won a match since but played Not great really, in Guadalajara yeah. they, she, they treated her like a local and she responded she yeah. was vibing and she had to battle in matches there and, yeah. and the crowd absolutely made a difference Paula Bedosa will be tough to play there because of that and yeah. even Caroline Garcia who I, I think has some obviously like some Spanish heritage but plays for the French was speaking a little Spanish with them last night after her win and getting the crowd riled up. Everyone was loving it. See, si. You're just like, okay, all si. right. Andale pues. Yeah, Orale. Si. Yeah. Um, let's talk about San Diego. Yep. A couple of positives to take away. A few things maybe for room for improvement. Uh, we had a, a pretty great effort by Donna Vekic to come out of qualifying. Yeah. Ended up losing in three to Iga in the finals. She had a great tournament. Yeah, I am. She's back in the top fifty. What a great comeback for her! She's had in the last couple months. As just you know, as as sad as our last episode was, bringing up you know Daria 
Gavrilova slash Savile. We have to just call her Savile now. But a lot of people don't know, know her married name. Um, <clears throat> you know, having her knee uh, reconstruction with her ACL. And if you follow her on Twitter, she's starting to walk. She's starting to even get into a bit of a bend. That's incredible. But she's a psycho with her TikToks. And she even had to apologize for one because people must have been like, oh my God, what are you doing? She was like twirling on her knee and everyone was like panicked. She was going to break it again. Um, and a great story is Donna Vekic. And Donna and I are, you know, uh, known each other a long time. She's a friend. And, you know, look, she's the most honest person. And I don't think she'll mind me talking about this because I'd love to get her on the pod actually in the next week or two. But look, when she came back from her injury, she had, um, you know, it was hard for her to do a lot of training because of the, the state of her injury. Um, and, you know, she put on a lot of weight when she came back and she'll be the first person to say when we had conversations and I, she said, look, I, I just have to lose the weight. You know, she knew she had to lose the weight. She was a bit, she wasn't getting to balls. I mean, she's a big hitter, so she, she's not going to ever going to be a retriever. But when, when she, before the injury, she was like top 20. She was playing unbelievable. She had that US Open run, losing to Bencic. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, and she just wasn't moving great. And Sam played her in doubles, um, twice actually, two weeks in a row. And, you know, we just sat down and had a chat afterwards and we've always had a pretty open relationship about talking about things. And she just said, you know, I've got to lose weight, I have to get fitter and, you know, and I just said, it'll come with time. It will come with time. She, every time I saw, saw her eating, she was eating well. She just, you know, these are the things that take a while sometimes. They don't happen overnight. And the fact that she, battled and she had some shitty draws too at the slams um, and the fact that she got through qualifying in San Diego which was such a tough draw and to make the final kudos to my buddy Donna Vekic like yeah. she's such a delight she's such a fun person she's got a great sense of humor she's got and, a great game and I mean, she fought I mean yeah, she, she bloody fought in that final against Iga and she could have you know thrown the talent but she's also a seasoned veteran now you know she's won a lot of tournaments she's had a lot of but she's also had a lot of pressure on her shoulders since she was a young kid, you know, to be the next whatever. Yeah. Um, and so she's now technically that veteran on tour that has had to battle. And so I'm super, 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 super happy for her. And, and she'll keep playing well now. Yeah. Now that she's on the track again, yeah. the train is on the track. Yeah, she's moving well. She's hitting well. She's battling. And I think one of the things that's really encouraging to watch, which is why I always prefer sort of like a for me narratively like a comeback story is a little bit more exciting than like a youth story yeah um i just sort of i'm very suspect you battle for the oldies i do because i think and she's not even old she's like 20 <laughs> she's 25 I, I think i remember having that conversation with her. i was like well you know because i don't know she's been around so long i thought maybe she was like 27 28 getting up to 30 you know and she's like, oh, I'm 25. And I was like, oh, my God. I go, yeah. Donna. Ugh. I mean, I go, she's been a pro for seven, longer, eight years, right? Longer. Like, she's been out there since she was, like, 15. That's insane. Yeah. So I said, Donna, I said, I know you've been out here forever. And, it, and trust me, it feels like you are, have been, because you have. I said, but you have so much time. Yeah. You know, and this is the great thing about tennis now with the money that's involved and... The rehabbing, the, the technique, and the, the training, the everything, everything. But the money's so good now, Caitlin, that you can really take have a year or two off mm -hmm. from an injury and come back as long as you're good, which she is. Train hard, and you'll get back. And look at Dasha, you know, yeah. coming back after her fourth friggin' surgery, basically. Right. If you are good and you have the 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 strength um, to do the rehab and come back. Um, and you have the fortitude to not give up yeah. in mentally when you're not things don't go your way early on in the comeback. 
Um, and it didn't for Donna. She had to really, she's had to... Yeah, a lot of these comebacks take a long, battle, long time. You know, and then I think she did well at Wimbledon and didn't get points. Like, so, you know, things like that. So, look, I'm just super, super happy. And as you said, it's it's almost a better story sometimes. The young well, ones are great. But... The young ones are great, but but I think I think about this a lot because my parents are classical musicians. And one of the things that classical music has always sort of lauded are prodigies. Obviously, that goes back to, like, Mozart. <clears throat> if you see a kid playing... He was pretty good. Mozart was pretty good, sure compositionally but I think if you think about players who are able to perform really high wire acts with concertos trumpet concerto viola concertos violin concertos it's great they have a lot of talent and skill but something that musicians talk about a lot about is this idea of musicianship mm-hmm. a lot of people can play yeah. the notes and be very proficient at performing really skillfully but it's imbued with a lot more meaning if you're older you've seen a little bit more of life you've had heartbreak you've had which is loss. why you see them cry you know which is why when you see somebody like donna beckage come back after an injury make a final have a good year back to get into the top 50 to me it's a little bit more meaningful because you can see what it means to them yeah and i think for me you know i love it's great and exciting to watch a young talent it's sometimes even more meaningful which is why when francesca schiavone will for example won the french open or some of these late in career success stories you get oh, so so, many. so excited so or many. i get so excited anybody at the age of like 20 30 31 32 wins a slam yeah you're just like yes you know you've put in the work and there was a lot there for a while lena for sure Panetta, yeah, a good even sam stosa right. um schiavone uh, all these players that you know won um later in their careers it's yeah. it's 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 why people cry so much and people are always like why do they cry when they win i go the amount of energy that they've put into yeah. winning this event and they've had to keep their shit together for years, two weeks years long efforts culminating yeah. in two weeks of high performance that is really meaningful and i mean you can't listen. think about the finish line right you have to you always have to be in the present when you're playing a grand slam you can't allow you can't even allow yourself to think about what if I win? Like people, I'm always like, you don't think about what you're going to do when you win a Grand Slam. You don't go, I'm going to fall on the ground. No. I'm going to do this. You never allow yourself to think that in a lot of ways. Yeah, you're just playing the You do when you're a kid. Come. Sure. But when you become a professional, you're like, what am I going to do? You, you just so in the now. And that's why you'll always see most of the time players that win Grand Slams do the exact same motion. Hmm. Whatever it is. Mine was always to put my hands in the air and have my racket in my left hand. It's mm. weird. Every photo or you just, every video. What, you like lose consciousness and you do this thing. It's the same. And I do a body. little bit of a bend, back bend. Yeah. And my left hand. Oh, I've ra- seen that. Yeah. Racket is in my left hand. Every time. Right. Every big moment of my career. That's what happens. Lisa Raymond used to drop her racket and do a double hand fist, like like open like, hand in the air. Uh-huh. It's weird. You know, and yeah. Rafa would fall on the ground. Right. and. You know, yeah, it's almost like you lose... Uh, it's the one moment where you can really, truly just let go. You're letting go and you're just being completely the moment. Yeah. It's, an, it's an interesting... I mean, again, not to take anything away from youthful talent, but I think when we see how much youthful talent gets misconstrued or burnt out or, or taken advantage of, it's there's a little bit of a dark undercurrent to that, whereas a comeback story is always... Um, you know, for me, a little bit more narratively satisfying. Let's talk about Ego a little bit. Obviously, she had a fantastic tournament. She has had an incredible fall. She's had an, and an incredible, incredible couple of weeks because she lost that weeks. really tough match to Krijakova in, in the Czech, Czech Republic, Republic, and then immediately and should have won the tournament. Yeah, she should. She served for the match. She definitely should have won that match. But again, kudos to Krijakova, who also has had an incredibly tough year with injuries and right. various things. And, you know, to get on a plane immediately after that and fly all the way to San Diego, which is across the world, literally, play on a different surface, 
completely different conditions indoor outside outdoor. Yep. different balls like when people say why is tennis so the hardest sport i'm going that's why right you There's know you so don't get variables. on your you don't get on your private team plane and fly there and sleep all night and have people take your fucking bags up to your room and like unpack for you that's literally what happens to like basketball teams they unpack their bags they literally have staff that take their bags to their rooms oh yeah my friends used to tell me that i was like what I was like, even the greatest players in the world in tennis have to take their own shit to their rooms, or that maybe the hotel will help them yeah. with, a, with a trolley, but sometimes not at two in the morning. Uh, so, you know, she schleps over to San Diego after that tough loss, battles through a lot of tough matches. Yeah, she had a... Uh, struggling. She had a cold in the Czech Republic. Honestly, when you say it's almost enough for me to hear playing well while sick. I can't even yeah. like get my shoes on my feet while I'm sick, much yeah, yeah. less like play tennis, much less play tennis at a professional level. So I feel like it cannot be overstated how long this season is, how hard the demands of a tournament for two weeks straight are where you have to wake up, train, warm up, prepare, perform, cool down. You're just, it's such a full on experience and it goes on so long. So for somebody to like tell me, I'm having a cold and I just lost a three-set match indoors in the Czech Republic. I'm like, I'm out. I'm yeah, I, I, I actually got to tell you. I know I'm she's going coming, to Napoli for vacation. I know she's like, coming over here for Guadalajara and, you know, WTA finals and all that sort of stuff. But, geez, if there was ever a week to, like, pull the plug on a tournament. Actually shocked. And good for her to battle through. For sure. That tournament. So, way to go, Iga. You just let everybody know why you're the world's number one and why you're going to be around for a really long time because you're of your commitment to the tour. For sure. And that the ins was... and outs. And I think also, you know, thinking about that Donna Vekic match specifically, you know, she gets down. She loses a set. Donna played a brilliant second set. Iga's level dipped a little bit. And then you get this sense when Iga gets in these three-set situations. We saw it earlier in the tournament with my favorite gal, Chin Wen. You've seen it a number of times. Iga doesn't go to three sets very often, but no. when she does... She, you know when she doesn't go to three sets? In the finals. Yeah. Almost never in the finals. Never. Although the last two have been three sets. Iga loses a, a set and sees it as like sort of a motivation because she runs away with the third sets usually. Yeah, it's, it's, um, un, it's really, truly It's really amazing. Um, and we should address because I, I caused I caused a Twitter conflagration. You did. Yes. I did, actually. Not me. No, for not once. Renee for, no, for once. Um, talking about Iga's um, pattern, and I want to call it a pattern and not anything else, um, of throwing up her hands to seemingly distract her opponents when they're trying to pass her at the net. It's not against the rules, but it is something that I called out as seeing something I would like to see her stop doing. It's happened on a number of occasions. I want to say like maybe three or four. Um, there's a compilation video on the internet. Um, to her credit, I called her out. Some um, of that, some of that stuff on that video was shit though. At the end, it was like it wasn't. It wasn't I anything. mean, some of the there were some that were not great, but there were some that were just like, okay, what is that? Well, was, there were some like double bounces. Yeah, uh, but okay, so that one double bounce of the French that was questionable. There's no question about it, but. Sometimes when you put your head down, you're not quite sure if your racket actually got under it. So I'll give her the benefit of the doubt on that one. I disagree. I think you always know when it's double bounce. And I like not to when see... you not when you really really throw your head out. When I you throw your racket maybe. out and your head is down, that's questionable. I agree. That is what the only time that's questionable. But I want to see players if, call that on themselves. If it hits your racket strings, like fairly in the center, yeah, then you probably know. So. 
I would say that she probably won't ever do that again. I hope not. And to her credit, she saw a lot of the backlash and said, hey, Donna, great match today. I'm sorry for throwing my hands up at the net. And let's hope it dis- it's not, it doesn't continue. I don't think it's a huge... No, so, to prosecute so along her. those lines, you and I... Uh, we, we always have a thoughtful conversation about things like this because I really feel like I try to have empathy for the players. I also try and have the empathy for players that I know are good people. And for example, like Iga Shiantek is the nicest kid you'll ever meet. Like just so respectful, so nice. Uh, beyond... Uh, no, she's a courteous, di- she's she a good is beyond yeah, not yeah. a diva. Like all of the things. And so, uh, but she's a kid. She's 21. She is a kid. She's learning all these things through the... And, you know, I played doubles with somebody. And I wrote this on my Twitter feedback to you. And I played doubles with somebody, uh, Cara Black, um, who was one of the greatest doubles players of all time. And Cara used to do that very similar thing when I hit my serve or when I played against Cara. So she would sort of throw her hands up to fake if she was going or not. And... There were times where I sort of noticed it, but not really. You don't really notice it because when you're hitting the ball, you don't really, you can't really see that. You sort of see someone sort of move, but you're not, you don't really see them. They don't really distract you in that sense, but you do see them. Um, and in the WTA rules, which I specifically read before I wrote you back, which you'll be proud of me. because I am not, proud of you. Normally I react and I don't actually check the rules. Look at you, growth. I know. And not only did I look it up, but I looked up the ITF. And are they different? I looked up... This is where... I think this is where the conversation for today needs to go. Yes, mm. Eager learned. Maybe she won't do it anymore. I do think it's a bit of a sort of like a little tick for her to do now. You know, and you've got to get out of that. Like you do these habit, habitual things and it's a habitual thing where she's trying to fake if she's going here or going there. I mean, Kerber used to do that sometimes as well. She'd play dead and she would like... You know, it's, it's, it's all a little bit of... A little bit of gamesmanship, but really in the rule book, it's... There's nothing in there. So I read the ITF rule book mm. about hindrance. And? That is not in there. Okay. Like hindrance with your hands. Now, it's hindrance. Sure. It says hindrance, but what's hindrance? Up to the umpire. Right? right. So that's up to the umpire. I read the WTA website. It's even more ambiguous. It's mm. like, uh, you know, if your hat drops off your head, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're wearing a towel on your skirt, for example, and it falls on the ground or a ball comes out of your pocket. Sure. They're all hindrances that the umpire can be like, uh hindrance warning if that happens again you're going to lose a point yep. right uh-huh. that's all the stuff that we're used to but there's no hand waving right. hindrance now it there's nothing in there saying if you yell come on yeah right like and, serena did. and that has been called on serena and that gets and led on. to some very intense it is but also serena knows that serena knew that she was wrong because later on that same year so so the infamous one was against sam stosa yeah she lost the game and lost her shit and um but months, maybe a couple months later, she did it in Doha in the WTA finals. And it was a really bad one. And she looked at the umpire and she goes, I know. Like <laughs> she awesome. knew, right? <laughs> so she said, come on. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the girl, I don't know, I think it might have been against Wozniacki. And yeah. she got to the She was the ball. just like, yeah, I guess. And, she, and there's like, stop, hindrance. And yeah. Serena just looks at the umpire and goes, I know. Yeah. So, you know, you kind of, there are things that happen. Like that was a tick for Serena. Oh my God. Because she would say, come on, so Well, she's much. trying to fire herself up. I mean, listen, I think that this gray area exists because when you're an extremely competitive person in an extremely competitive environment, I'm thinking back point. to D1 tennis that I played. Girls are squ- squiggling their feet trying to oh, stutter yeah. step. That's is that a hindrance? Well, is it? Or are well, you trying you to You know who does that all the time? Who? Your favorite. 
I don't know who my favorite is. I have so many favorites. Muguruza. Oh, she does do that. Right? Yeah. And so people would say about her all the time. They would say that. She, right. She's squeaking her feet before I... Cool. But, but then you watch her practice and she does it. So it's just the thing. Right? Again, I think in the case of what I want to commend and also what I want to discuss. So I think you're, the point you're making, which I agree with, is the less ambiguity, the better. And more importantly to me, which is not that we shouldn't address ambiguity, we should, uh, you know, rules and conversations should, I think, consistently evolve, which is where is the line between competitive and hinder, hindering an opponent? And where is a good faith conversation about intentions going to take place? What I saw from Ego, which was she got called out. It's not the first time and it's, and, um, you know, it's been a, it's been a bit of an open conversation and she immediately was like, oh yeah, sorry, I shouldn't do that. Great. That's a fantastic end result because to me that indicates her intention is not to hinder. It's just, she's in a competitive headspace and, and it probably is a little bit of a, maybe a leftover from junior tennis. But I think for me, what I want to really get into is what the sort of good faith conversation about that, um, that can sort of happen with tennis fandoms and on the internet and commentators and all this sort of stuff. Yes. Because okay, I think well, let's that's get into where... That. But before we get into that... We get some partisanship. I do want to stress also that until a player that Iga is playing against complains about that, it's a non-starter. Mm. So fans need to shut the fuck up sometimes with shit like this because if Donna had complained about that, and and or has said something about her actions. Yeah. Then you can say, okay, well, she was clearly distracted. That right. killing. But if Donna just turns around and just walks away and doesn't right. say anything to the umpire, why are you getting your panties in a in a twist? Not you. I'm not yelling sure. at you, even no, though you, you did get your panties I in did. a twist. Yeah. I, but you see what I'm saying? Like, so I come from the player's perspective of, yeah, okay, I'm a fan as well. When I watch sometimes, and I'm like, oh, that was bush league. Yeah. But then I'm like, wait a second, Donna had no problem with it, so yeah. why do I have a problem? Although with it? people are piling on Donna right now because um, a photographer posted a picture of Donna saying, "What is she thinking about?" And someone said how she should have drilled Iga in the chest after that hand waving incident, and Donna responded with laughing emojis. And now everyone's like, "Well, Donna's condoning violence." No, la, the la, thing la, is la, that la, Donna's la, the funniest. They're person. just funny. I, like I just think everybody's Donna's the funniest. These person. are your coworkers for the most part. Exactly. Like, we're not going to attribute beefs to them unless they come out. And she tell didn't us write back happens. and go, "Yeah, I will next time." Yeah, what fuck a bitch. Her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she no, was like, she was "Ha ha, like, that's actually LOL, kind of funny." This is funny. Yeah. yeah. So I think what I want to sort of get into. She didn't need a driller because she, she won, won the point. and she had a great passing job. So my point point is, everyone, calm the farm until the player starts bitching about it. I, including you, Kate. Well, I don't agree with you, but I think what I can agree with is there we go. There's our yin and yang. <laughs> there it is. What I do, what I do want to sort of address, and I've gotten into it. This is a new fandom that I've made upset. I've made the Nadal fandom very upset before. I've made the Djokovic fandom extremely upset. Although, you make the Djokovic who fandom doesn't? upset on a daily basis. Who doesn't make by them being upset? alive? I, yeah, I mean, listen. If you're not consistently praising Novak Djokovic for something you're every a, single day, you're anti Novak Djokovic. Yes. I think. And those guys kind of deserve to be treated in their own sort of vacuum, which is they've, I think, lost the plot in a lot of ways. Um, but I think when it comes to fandoms and standums, uh, Serena's fans have been like this. You know, anybody who's really, really good, as Iga is, as Serena is, as Novak is, as Nadal is, and et cetera, there is sort of, a, and again, this is mostly speaking about tennis Twitter, TT for short, which is maybe not anyone's best venue for being their best self. No. Myself included. Um, yes. I don't know how you want to 
talk about your own Twitter presence, but I'll just say definitely myself, it's not necessarily my best venue. Um, I think there's a tendency to devolve into worship. And to me, I don't mind so much people blindly loving one player as much as I like as I don't like the idea of having a lack of good faith engagement with other people where there's some sort of like, hey, it is possible to both really like a player but also have a valid criticism of that player. Yes. Do I like Iga's game? Absolutely. Do I love her clothes? Nope. I don't like them on Coco Vandaway. I don't like those Asics clothes when you, uh, you know, Yulia Gorgis used to wear them. Like, they're just ugly. Can I say her game is pretty and her clothes are ugly? I, I think so. And I would hope most reasonable people yes. would be like, oh, that's a, an opinion you have. Well, because you might, you're trying to make her game, her clothes look as good as her game. There you go. Her I clothes should look as, uh, that's exactly right. Yeah. And similarly, when I've, when I've critiqued something about Rafa, for example... The fa- oh, you have always hated Rafa. It's like, in what world? We had a conversation over that, and I was, li- I was listening over uh, just recently to some of our back episodes. You had a point that I vehemently agreed with about how any player chucking a racket, in the case that we were discussing, it was Begu, but it's happened mo- oh. many times with players. Yeah. Um, if you chuck a racket and it comes close to hitting fans, if it comes close to hitting umpires, ball kids, lines people, anybody for whom this... No, no. If My thing was if you throw a racket and it ends up in the crowd, you're done. De- default. Even if it's no one sitting there. Default. You are a professional tennis player. Default. You know how to throw a racket. And you know what a th- throwing a racket, what is capable of happening. Yeah, you can and so seriously if you can't control somebody. yourself... To, and I listen, Renee Stubbs, not the best <laughs> advocate for keeping your shit together on the tennis court. <laughs> Probably one of the worst. But I was not a racket thrower. Well, you say and this from experience. Which I, is why people I should listen. definitely say this from experience. I've had point penalties. I've never had a game penalty and I've never been defaulted for a match. But I have pushed the envelope a lot. And I swear to God, every gold badge that's working today had to do my match to get through to the gold badge area. I'm not <laughs> kidding you. Like literally sometimes I would see a new umpire in the chair and then I would see one of the gold badge, because they all get graded. I would see one of the gold badge graded umpires sitting in the stands watching the match and I'd literally look at them and I'd be like oh mm-hmm. it's testing time interesting you know so I mean listen I know the what Renee I'm talking Stubbs about gauntlet everybody it has is. to go you gotta get through me <laughs> in, uh, in a match full stop to get your gold badge because <laughs> I will push every button mm-hmm. on the court and so it's with experience that you say it's with experience to know what it's like to lose your mind and lose your temper and not be able to control yourself sometimes mm-hmm. and i absolutely pushed every one of those boundaries yeah and i can say that if i threw my racket and it went into the crowd and the umpire said that's it renee i would go i would be pissed i would make an argument for it but i know that that is a rule, I would be like, I'm done. Like, if I hit a ball like Djokovic did a couple of years ago and wasn't blatantly looking to see if anyone was back there and I just pinged it back there, which he did, and it hit a lines lady, I would know that I'd be defaulted in a matter of three seconds. There wouldn't be a conversation that was had at the US Open that. I mean, that was a fucking joke with the umbrella coming out. I was like, there's no... No, no, everybody who plays junior tennis, college tennis... Recreational tennis knows like that if you guy, hit a thing, whether that's a ball or a racket, that hits you are somebody, out. it's over. It's out. And if somebody like, didn't see it, I mean, that's And your point is, area. like, that situation, I mean, the Novak fans just were... Because I was very adamant on ESPN that day that it's a... It's well, it's just, just a cut and there's no There's no ambiguity in this in rule. Interpretation and it was like, that. oh, he didn't do it in anger. What are you talking about? I'm like, are it you... It doesn't matter. First of all, it was in 
he was upset and I'm convinced to this day he was trying to hit it towards his box, which he does all the time. Mm. Um, and he forgot that there were lines lady, there was lines people back there. I really do. I don't think he had any intention clearly of hitting no, anyone on so the either. tennis court. Yeah. I think he was trying to make a, a, he was trying to fling it at his box, which as I said, he does all the time. Yeah. And he fucked up. And that was the Yeah, point. he got unlucky, but after a certain point, I mean, you've seen, I've seen him oh God, throw the... his racket into the stands at the Olympics. I would have defaulted him for that, even though there was zero spectators at the Olympics. Yeah, but I mean, the list is long, right? I mean, Nick Kyrgios, like, threw uh, his racket. Throw... Like, there's, there's Nick list... Kyrgios has gotten defaulted from tournaments and deserved it. Yeah. Including that one in Italy where he went after the umpire. Like, yeah, I, I have no tolerance for any player who does it. And that's what I want to kind of talk about in terms of the context of standum the difference between being a fan and a stand if you're a fan you like tennis maybe you have your favorites of course we all kind of do but you can understand generally the argument and enjoy the greater context oh, yeah. of tennis oh yeah the fact that Novak's fans didn't think he should have been defaulted in that and the abuse i copped for that it was just we all did every single one of the people on tennis ridiculous yes i just want to differentiate the difference between fan somebody who obviously has their favorites they understand the game maybe they like certain players more than others and a stan a stan is somebody named after the Eminem song uh, who blindly supports one player to the ends of the earth in a way that it, I, I would argue is net negative, destructive, obsessive, in a way that I think lessens the enjoyment of other people of that of that fanship. You feel hurt, don't you? You've been abused. <laughs> I, I I didn't see that one coming because I didn't think it was oh, particularly. Was thing, I didn't yeah. think it was particularly egregious. I think most people. Well, you didn't know. realize that there was Stan Egos. I love that they're Stan Egos. Actually, I think this girl's name had Ega. In it, yeah, right? yeah, but yeah, the G them. was like a different letter yeah. or something. Anyway, I I appreciate that every player now is, especially somebody as good as Iga, is getting their due in terms of having a devoted fan base. I would just say, don't be a stand such that you are blinded to the faults of your own player, such that you can't hold them to a higher standard. As which I think we should all be doing. And you know who don't have stands? Pickleball players. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> they don't deserve them. They don't have them. Uh, and we'll leave it at that. Anything else we should address? Um, before on the, on the stands? No, just generally. Did I mention um, Blinkova? You didn't. Oh, I didn't mention that, did I? Because we were talking about sort of journey women, which I hate that word, but uh, Anna Blinkova, who has no flag next to her name, obviously, because we know where she's from. Um, but she is the nicest kid in the world. Like, when you see... To the point where... I'll give you a little story. So, to you, last year in Cincinnati, when Sam and... Shui won the doubles in Cincinnati. They played Blinkover, I believe, in the quarters or the semis. I'm not sure which one. And my girls were down a set and 5-1. 5-1, okay? And they came back and won that match and Oof. then therefore ended up winning the tournament and then won the US Open. Two oh, yeah, later, yeah, right? yeah, right. That so was that was like run. a massive comeback for them and yeah. they were down the whole one week. One could argue it. It started right at that A 100%. Moment. So who did they play in that one of that? Blinkover, okay? They choked so bad in this match and Sam and that came back. This kid, I see her five minutes after the match. I think, I mean, if it was me, I'd kill myself. I would be walking back to the hotel. <laughs> There's the no chance I'd be talking to <laughs> it anyone. It wouldn't be nice to anybody. People I can tell would you that. not be allowed to be cunt. They just stay away from me for at least 48 hours. <laughs> I see this girl. She it could not be nicer. She's smiling. She's like, oh, it was a good match. Good match. I'd be like, good match. I she was so sweet. When I say sweet, I mean so nice. Good luck in the next match. And also, oh my God, I'm going to like Did you. Did she not remember what And happened? I always liked why? her even up until that point. But then since that moment, I mean, just the nicest kid um, you'll ever meet. And the fact she got through qualifying as well. So we almost had two players get through qualies and win the tournament yeah, last week. This is in Cluj, in Cluj. Romania. Yeah. Um, the Transylvania Open. Yeah. I love it. That. Good branding they had. 
Did they? They need a tournament song, but I'm I'm into this. Everybody okay. owning okay. their we'll own get you weird original stuff. I'm dying to go to Romania. Okay, well, you know, we'll, I'll talk to Halep. Thank She'll you. She'll probably get you a visa. Yeah, yeah. Get me Ian Tyriac's private jet. And then I'm, oh, that, I'll go then. I'd go then. Yeah, I'll go then. I'm yeah. sure that private jet has a lot of... 1-800, definitely call me. Crazy shit. <laughs> anyway. Um. <laughs> anyway, so blink over. Anna, well done. So good. Hats I mean, off. this kid, you know, she's on the edge of, like, getting into slams and getting crappy draws and, you know, and then all of a sudden gets through qualifying here and has a great event, I which love, will move her ranking up, gets her into Grand Slams, which is so important for players because well, that's where like they make their dough. When we, uh, who, where are her stands? Where are her stands? Let's hear it from, if you I guys, think there's probably a few Blinkover stands. If we hear from you, Blinkover I don't think stands. she'll allow stands. Good. She's like a that. nice kid. She's a nice kid. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, I think that's, we wrapped up. All right, well, we got to talk about the finals next We'll save that for another week. Yep. The ATP and WTA finals are looming. People are still qualifying. It's exciting. Looming. They're looming. Mm. Um, and, you know, other people are already in, like, the Maldives on vacation. This so is my this favorite is the funny the part of the, This is the funny part of the season where, like, half of Where's the... Petco when we needed <laughs> yeah, exactly. a bitch about the tennis players in the Maldives? Running into um, everybody Although, off, don't off give the Maldives work. a hard time. They're the gra- it's the best place in the world to go, but just not all at the same time. I, they, they'll continue sinking. But it's in the middle of the world. The so, you know, Europeans can go I'm, there. I'm saying nothing... I'm have neutral you been, okay, on the new Maldives. Have I'm you neutral been, on the Maldives. Have I'm you been, been to the Maldives? No, I would, that's not the kind of place I would go. Really? No. There's you go to that do. QC spa, though. I would go to that QC spa. Yeah, Shout yeah. out to Governor's Island. Governor's Island. Right. Claire. Your Australians have arrived. Yes. They, they've we been have, part of us. We're going to Williamsburg today. Um, oh, thank you, Australians. We have a live audience today. We have a live audience. All right. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. Bye. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.